This is Lead and Believe. Oh, I believe, Benny, but can you help me lead? This is a podcast for leaders who want to build a world-class culture. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Brad Gustafson. And I'm Ben Gilpin. Give me the good word today, Ben. What is happening? How you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, full disclosure. Bracing myself now. Bracing myself now. <laughs> you know, to be real with everybody, you know, sometimes from the superintendent chair, I'm discovering that you can never win. Let me pick up my violin. Hold on here. Okay, I'm with you. Continue. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. Uh, I can never win. But but I will say, you know, I'm optimistic at nature and, and you know, I have a positive mindset and and I'm working through it. And I'm also getting a little bit tougher skin. So those are good things. Yeah. And to bring people in, uh, and I'm sure that what you said probably applies to other things too, but we were connecting before the show, the pre-show, as as people in the biz say, and we were just reminiscing about the joys of snow days and making those decisions. And um, I've never been around, how do I say this? You know, I've been in a few communities and schools, and there's always lots of excitement and attention focused on that decision to have a snow day or not. Is it cold enough or not? And then sometimes you you see on the news and social media where the superintendent calls a snow day and it doesn't snow. Like all these things happen, but you'll my heart goes out to anyone who makes that important decision, just dealing with safety, but also dealing with families who are trying to help their kids and figure out you know how to respond and work and all those things. So. You're uh, you're the person behind the curtain making those decisions now, Benny. Yep, and and you know, kind of a in kind of an interesting little spinoff is today's topic. Yes. So today's topic, sometimes when we have to make hard decisions, sometimes when it gets a little bit hard, controversial, those things can can cause some some stress, and. That leads us to today's topic of burnout versus worn out. I like it. Burnout versus worn out. I will add to what you said. I think even, I don't even think decisions have to be controversial to feed into a person getting either burnout or worn out. I think as a lot of educators maybe will agree, I think. You know, you can do your absolute best and make a decision that you think is really based on the needs and what's helpful for a student and still catch feedback that that doesn't always feel good or contribute to what's the opposite of burnout thriving, thriving over the long term. I think it is. And what's the opposite of worn out being rejuvenated, fresh? Yes, you're on it. You're, you're connecting well. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like I'm doing the synonym game. All right. <laughs> so burnout versus worn out. Dave, let me ask you, Benny, does the distinction matter? Is it even relevant? I tend to believe it does matter. Okay. So as a leader for a number of years, what I would say to you is I know that I've encountered burnout in people. I've, and they, they've even told me they're burned out. Yeah. And then there's been others. I don't know if they've worded it with the quote unquote worn out, but they've said, I'm tired. I feel I feel like beaten down. To me, that is a example of worn out. Now, here's the distinction, though, I, I really need to make the person that's burnout. What I oftentimes see is when they're burnout, there's a few things that 
to me personally, have come through more and more. There's more negativity. There's more negative statements. There's more. And then here's the big one. I tend to hear more cynicalness, cynicism. Yep, they could flow from a lot of different areas, right or wrong. It could, that cynicism could flow from self-preservation, maybe. Mm-hmm. It could flow from, I've heard the, the saying, you know, hurting people hurt, but there are probably some other spaces that it flows from just um, maybe, I don't know, a sense of justice or na- just even naming, you, you know, what didn't work for them and why it was hard and probably lots of things I'm I'm missing. On the, the uh, worn out one, you got really got me thinking on this one, Ben. When I think about a person who's worn out, I think of teachers after conference season. Well, I think of teachers all the time, but, <laughs> I, you know, particularly there are seasons of the year and times of the year, and maybe there are evening events and carnivals and just big things that you you dig even deeper than you usually do where you, you're worn out and maybe over a weekend or even a long weekend, there's a chance that you can bounce back a little bit. Like when I think of worn out, I... I have a little more optimism than than if I'm thinking about someone who's burnt out. To me, my visceral thinking is that that's trickier. That's going to be harder to to fix. How do you read that? I tend to agree with that. I mean, I'm first off, I don't always want to agree with you, especially when our viewers can't see this, but you're wearing a ridiculous stocking hat. I do have a hat on. (laughs) Yep. You're not the only one battling (laughs) snow and cold there, mister. Hey, Oh, we we need to get one of those uh, studio soundboards. And the only button I need is you saying, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> you and your keys from, I forget if it was episode two, but I kind of like that jingle too. I know, right? Hey, yeah, we do. We need that soundboard. I, I got to come up with something. But um, <laughs> I digress. But to get us back on track a little bit, you know, the, the worn out piece. So let's just say, I mean, we started all of this with a snow day talk, right? So sometimes when you're worn out, like a snow day is, it's fantastic. You just get that day to relax a little bit, catch your breath, and then you feel just a smidge of rejuvenation. Like, oh, I can breathe today. I caught up on my grading. Or or even if you're not in education, whatever it happens to be, that day you don't have to go into the office. You just get a chance just to kind of get caught up and let your brain settle. But when you're burnout... It's just a small little Band-Aid that's that's not going to last. And and so there's a lot of ways the person that's worn out, I tend to think, can turn the corner. Sometimes, whether you're in education or not, a staff get-together, people coming together, that lifts up the spirit. People feel good about those things. Another thing, when you're, when you're a little bit worn out, maybe you go on a weekend vacation, skiing, to the to the indoor water park wherever it might be that can be rejuvenating those are there's things that you can do when you're worn out but when you're burnout it sits with you and doesn't seem to go away i don't disagree you see how i phrase that <laughs> very intentionally i don't disagree with you <laughs> however for the introverts in the world let me just say that sometimes these social events that you're referring to uh, not everyone comes out of those feeling ultra rejuvenated That's true. Mr. Chatty social. Well, I mean, that's because some people need a vacation from the vacation. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, on the on the burnout thing, you really have me wanting to go geek out tonight and like research this, like the psychology of burnout. But why is it that after, you know, say we'll just use snow day as an example, but a day, a day off, 
someone who's burnt out, why might they only recharge on the battery meter point a half a percent? You know, I'm just making this up. But whereas a person who's worn out, that might fill that might fill their battery. Having a, an extra day off might fill it fifty percent. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they both experience the same day off. So let me ask you this: because I'm gonna I'm gonna return your question with a question. The difference between physical fatigue and mental fatigue. Okay, so if you're worn out, I mean, it could be it could truly be both mental and physical. However, I tend to believe if you're burnout, it lives way deeper in the mental side. I don't disagree on the burnout thing that a a big part of it is mentally. And I feel like on both fronts, burnout versus worn out on each of those, maybe this is an overreach, that part of your soul even gets tired. And maybe that's on the burnout one. But I'm just thinking about you. You have me thinking physical versus mental on like a lot of times when people get back from field trips, there's a level of exhaustion. Part of it's physical because keeping kids safe is a hands-on endeavor when you're out in the, you know, keeping 20 or 30 kids safe. It's just a different, different animal, but also it's mentally, even though sometimes field trips, the, the content or, of the day is different or, or slightly lighter in a weird way. It's also heavier and a lot harder work mentally as you're scanning and doing all these variables as kids are in a new situation. I, ben, you are forcing me into overthinking. I do want to say one thing, though, just to just to point out, and I'll only speak for myself, and then I'll let you add on what you know, however you want to own this. I, what I don't think is happening here is two people just casually talking about burnout versus worn out as, a, as in a theoretical construct that we have disassociated ourselves from and don't care about. Like This is not a cavalier conversation, I don't think. I think the spirit of this is, for me, having been, having delved into those waters of burnout a little bit, I haven't really talked to many people with this, Ben, but like last year was a tricky year. It was just really complicated and it was different than being worn out. So it's a, it's a near and dear to me, but not just for even that more. So I see a lot of people who are working their tails off and doing beautiful, magical work and, and, and struggling in different ways. And sometimes it's short term. Sometimes it's kind of annual, like over the long haul of a year. And there's a cadence to that. Sometimes it's even more complex. So this is a real thing. And I know uh, we've just heard from people, not just educators listen to the show. Like we have people outside education too, but now we're really speaking about education. My whole point, guy, you got to cut me off sooner. I'm, I, all I could have said is this, I do think this, this is a topic that matters and it behooves leaders to tune in and to try to figure out how they can be people who help people understand the difference, but then also who can co-create systems that don't steer people into the path of perpetual wearing out or even burnout. Like that is on, in part, in big part, that is on us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one thing that you said there that I think was critical, you then analyzed and reflected on your year last year. And to me, when it comes to burnout versus worn out, there has to be some sort of self-reflection, self-awareness. Where am I in this continuum? Where am I when it comes to this worn out, burnout, somewhere in between? And there's a whole lot of caveats that we haven't really even touched upon. For example, depression. So if you're dealing with some sort of depression, does that even fall into one of those categories? 
I mean, that's a that's a whole nother can of worms. But those are real things that real people deal with on a continuous basis. And on top of the depression piece, then the other one is, what if in your job, in your line of work, you just simply are ready for a change? So, I mean, that would be me last year. I was ready for a change. Does that put me in a category of either worn out or burnout? Again, those those are things that I'm reflecting on and thinking about. I don't necessarily think so. I think some of us just sometimes we get in situations where we're ready for something different. I think I hear you on that one. And there, I think there are additional nuances that are uh, sometimes unfortunate. Like, what if you are kind of living in what you feel is your calling and your profession of choice and um, it's work that you relish, you know, making a difference, helping kids, creating systems, elevating conversations, all those things. But then if you're almost forced is not the best word. It's like the, the voice isn't as active, but what if the situation and just where you're at, whether it's burnout or, or worn out, has you then defaulting to looking for something different, yet you're conflicted because you know in your heart you actually want to be doing what you're doing, but you just didn't expect it to be like it is, if that makes sense. That feels different to me than than maybe some other flavors, so to speak. So I, I saw something recently, and it was it was really fantastic, but it, it it dealt with people focusing on their why. And as we focus on our why, the quote essentially, to paraphrase it, the person that's why, that, that your why touches your soul, that is the person that is going to work themselves through the good, the bad, the ugly. But if your why is weak, those are people that that their, their North Star becomes cloudy. They can't see it. I hear that, Ben. That feels a little potentially trite to me. And here's here's why. Because... And I'll just take like, I'll just envision maybe a toxic work situation or environment that someone's in. It just doesn't feel fair to a person who is struggling, who's so connected to their why, but their heart is yearning because of situ- factors that, that are uh, not as in control as they would like are influencing them. And, what, you know, there's all kinds of different research on toxic work environment, but you could picture some, of you know, whether it's just rampant with bias or racism or like all the things that could make a, a place really not healthy, just telling a person or putting out there that if they were more connected to their why and their soul, it would be better. That doesn't make sense to me. So how do you reconcile that, Benny? Now we're getting somewhere <laughs> with a little bit of a disagreement here. So, but here's the thing. Let's just say whatever field you're in, you got in and it was your why. To your core, to your soul, this is what you stood for. If you're in education, it was all about kids. If you're whatever, if you're in business, it was all about it was all about helping your company be the very best it can be, whatever that happens to be. But here's the question I have. As time goes on, as factors change, you have a family, you have loved ones, you have, just like you said, outside influences, racism, politics, all the things that happen. The question I have is, can your why change? You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and it's one of the, and it's a question I want to ask you and, and people listening. When you're burnt out or worn out or somewhere in between, like, what do you do about it to, to try to get closer or 
stretch back, I forget, snap back to thriving or, or feeling fresh. And when you and I talked, if you remember a couple couple episodes ago, just about who you want to be, that is closely connected to, to the why. And I, I think who you want to be, and I, remember, it's not a person. Like, I don't want to be. Mm, I got you. I'm not talking about Abraham Lincoln here, but like. Oh, I read you, stocking capper. <laughs> I want to be a guy who wears a stocking cap on podcasts. <laughs> it is a cool hat, though. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> but I, I want to be a person who, like, one of my things often is I just want to bring a sense of calm when things are really hard and complicated, when there's like 10 things happening at once that feel like fires and urgency. And when I'm at my best, I'm able to to do that and and be more for people. And when I when I'm not doing that, then things go worse and it's harder and I go home even more worn out and less satisfied. And then for me personally, when I put lots of those days in a row, it, it then it starts to to kind of go more into the the burnout realm. Okay. Um, does any of that make sense? And no, it does. It does. As I've I've almost talked myself into this one on the burnout. Yeah. And I could, I mean, people around the country, feel free to chime in. Give us your take on this. Maybe you'd completely disagree with us. We would love to get your take on worn out versus burnout. But as I've continuously talked this out with you today, I do believe that there are a percentage of people in the world that their why changes. And sometimes they feel stuck in a situation. And if you begin to feel stuck in a situation, there are chances and the probability is probably much higher that you are then beginning to experience burnout. Give me an example of what you're talking about, because I can't picture that happening. What I'm picturing when I hear you say that is the situation changing, but their why staying the same. And that's oftentimes what's hard. Okay, so here's my example. And I'll use myself as an example. I mean, as a young career person, I came in and I was very much about trying to accomplish. Oh, okay. I wanted to essentially, I'll use the analogy, climb my first mountain. Got it. I wanted to make a name for myself. I wanted to help kids be the very best they can be. I wanted to climb the ladder. Makes sense. And then, and then somewhere along the line, climbing the ladder, reaching the top of that first mountain didn't mean nearly as much to me. My second mountain was more about how can I help others? How can I influence? How can I support people? How can I serve? And so, so as far as my why goes, I always wanted to be helpful to people. I always wanted to um, build into kids and make them the very and help them be the very best that they could be. However, my paths were very different. One was climbing a mountain, and the other one felt more about service. And so, I know throughout my career, I've evolved and I've changed. And I own that. And I think that that happens to a lot of people. But um, along their journey, I believe that sometimes as that change occurs, the reason you got into something, education or whatever it happens to be, sometimes can change. And then and then it becomes more and more difficult to have that same fire inside to keep going. I'm following you now. So just... And maybe um, I've had a bit of a, I don't know if evolution is the right way to say it, but just as I've done this work now, uh, specifically as a principal for the last 16 years or so, what I see value in has shifted. I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say my why has shifted, but the things I glean value in and, and even the things that I'm grateful for and the things I want to work on 
those certainly have shifted. And I, there are probably a few different distinct phases, you know, five, maybe even like five year chunks of time, just make, making up numbers here. But then there are probably some other sub things that are also underneath the surface. Benny, did you see that recent news story about the, uh, his, I forget if he was from Michigan or not, but this kid beat Tetris. He yeah. broke the game Yeah, blue, blue Scooty, I think is his screen name, blue Scooty. <laughs> And uh, I saw the video. So this just happened less than a month ago. Way to judge that one. <laughs> so I'm watching this and I did way more research on this than I should have. I don't know why I got so into it. but You were geeking out. Admit it, you're geeking out. I do that with a lot of things. I, yeah. Anyway, the no human had ever beat the 1989 Nintendo game. I know that's crazy to believe, but no one has. A- AI, artificial intelligence, had... But AI beat it. It took AI 237 le- levels to kill. They call it reaching the kill screen on Tetris. Stay with me, people. I don't know where he's going either. Okay, I'll, I'll cruise up here. <laughs> anyway, this kid did it much quicker. This kid almost had a perfect game. So he was more efficient with his play, and he broke the scoreboard and made the game quit even sooner, level 157. Anyway, as I'm thinking about this, Ben, teaching is like, and, and I think leadership specifically in education is not like Tetris. We will never have a kill screen where we've broken the game and mastered it. The goalposts are always moving, sometimes really fast, partly due to societal pressures. And sometimes like when uh, divisiveness creeps in on a nation, it it seeps out through emails and just the general discourse or civility or lack of civility. But, But not only that, even standards changing just when you're getting uh, your students closer to proficiency or proficient or working hard on knowing and mastering those, they change. So for all those reasons, Ben, I, I can't help but think that feeds into part of why burnout and and getting worn out also happens. Just naming it, not, you know, it, it is what it is. And maybe part of that requires like, what do you even do with that information? I'm asking myself while I'm talking to you, it's like, Maybe just the mindset of adaptability and recognizing I do not need to show up perfect or aspire to master anything today. I'm going to be enough if I show up as a learner full of grace and then uh, also naming things that are hard for myself and working together and and trying to work with a team to co-create systems that that make this work not easy, but but maybe a little easier for my uh for colleagues and students and families. So, so can I tell you, so this is my big hope from this conversation. I would say if all of us, every single person out there is dealing with something, right? Just put that on the table, everybody. Everybody's dealing with something. But the one thing that people don't talk about, don't want to admit is, are they burnout or worn out? And so if this conversation, if you and I, just kickstarted a conversation where people start to have that openly where, hmm, am I burnout or worn out? Am I doing some, I mean, do some self-check, talk to a mentor, talk to a friend, talk to a spouse, whatever it happens to be. I mean, I tend to think that 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 can be a healthy conversation. Just have the conversation. It can be for me, like, and everyone likes talking about different things. That to me is interesting, but it could also be a drag. I actually like to get to, and and what can I do about it? What's one or two or three options I have if I wanted to try to turn the ship around a little bit? Like that's where I like to go with things. Agreed. But I also think step one is always self-realization, self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. 
And so you've got to figure out where you where you fall if you're anywhere on there. And you know what? If it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, it's just a dip. I'm just experiencing a dip. Then maybe that's just you're worn out. But if it's something like you're thinking, boy, this feeling just won't go away and I'm just not happy in what I'm doing, then maybe it's something more than just feeling worn out. So it has to start. I, I tend to believe this has to start at the individual level and have a, a willingness, a courage to have a conversation about it. That's step one, in my opinion. Brad, any last takes? No, I think having a conversation, I would just dub. Uh, I agree with you, Benny. There, there's your yes. sound effect button. I agree with you, Benny. I think I will just kind of name for me, just even mentioning something was hard or referencing last year. It's embarrassing. You feel weak. You've, I don't know why, you know, you feel less than competent. So that's why it's even hard for me just to, to admit that. So I don't know. I would assume I'm not alone on that in some ways. Who knows? No, I, and I appreciate that. I mean, that's very honest on your part. I, what I would tell you is, you know, from the leadership lens, that it takes more courage to admit that than weakness. And I know that that's maybe that feels a little cliche, but I do. I believe that when we're vulnerable and we, it, we're it may be cliche, but man, you just made me feel good. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> OK, people, as you listen to episode four, season two, lead and believe, we would love to get your take on worn out versus burnout. Hashtag lead and believe. And we'd, we'd love to get your comments on this uh this matter that probably way more people deal with than we are aware of. I will see you on the hashtag, Betty. Have a great day, everybody. Creating a world-class culture requires intention and optimism. That's right, Often It's the small steps a leader takes that matter most. We hope today's conversation helps you move hearts and mountains as you lead and believe. Believe.